0: Make sure you're subscribed to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Type The Word of the Lord Endures Forever in your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org.
1: Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. And we should note from this sad incident that the hideous practice of buying ecclesiastical office is given the name Simony from the same Simon, the magician. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a
0: daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor
1: Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Acts. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Well, previously we had studied how the persecution raised by Saul ended up scattering the many disciples from Jerusalem, all but the apostles, and we learned how wherever they went, they preached the word. Far from stopping the church, the persecution only helped spread it. Philip, the deacon, elected with St. Stephen, ended up in Samaria, his miracles of exorcism and healing earned an earnest hearing for the message he had brought them, that Jesus was the Christ and was still very much alive and active, having been raised from the dead and glorified, seated at the right hand of God. This all brought great joy to the city, for the gospel is always, remember, the advent of joy. And then we heard that Philip's message had even impressed their most notorious citizen, one Simon, who was even called the power of God that is great. He's often referred to as Simon Magus from the Vulgate, the Latin version. Simon had used black arts to impress the people and keep them in thrall, but he was no match for Philip, and he knew it. As all the people surrendered to Christ and received with joy the gift of baptism, even Simon himself believed and came to the waters and received the gift of new birth. And after receiving it, he just continued to be astounded at the wonders Philip continued to perform or, more accurately, that Jesus continued to perform through his servant Philip. A reading from Acts, the 8th chapter, beginning at the 14th verse. Now, For your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Acts 8, verses 14 through 25. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may heartily love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to ponder today's fascinating passage? Let's dig into it. Verse 14. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. This establishes a bit of a pattern that testifies to the organic unity of the church. It always grows as the Word is proclaimed and received, that is, welcomed and believed, but then the apostles will confirm the work. I find it fascinating that the New Testament doesn't speak so much, though, about the spread of the church, but about the spread of the Word, powerful, active, living, and life-imparting. We've met the pairing of Peter and John together any number of times, These are the two that make it to the tomb on Easter morning to check out the report of the women, John 20. These are the two going to the temple at the hour of prayer who heal the lame man, Acts 3. These are the two that are first beaten and warned to stop speaking in the name of Jesus, Acts 4, and who refused, you might recall. You get the sense that they truly enjoyed being together. They loved each other's company. Verse 15 who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, verse 16, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, you might be scratching your head over that one. How's that possible? Didn't Peter say clearly enough in his sermon on the day of Pentecost that those who are baptized receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit? The absolutely astonishing Weimarische Bibelwerk put together in the 17th century under the theological leadership of that great Lutheran divine, Johann Gerhard, explains not that they had not been born again, believed, and been renewed, but that they had not received the wondrous gifts of speaking in tongues and prophesying, healing the sick, and so on. In point of fact, you know that they had the Holy Spirit at work in them, for them even to have believed and to have been brought to the great joy of the gospel. Chrysostom, writing in the 4th century, seems to concur. He put it like this, they had received the spirit of the remission of sins, but not the spirit of the signs. And remember, the point I raised before about a continuous reception of the Holy Spirit, The apostles received the Spirit on resurrection evening as Christ breathed on them in John 20, verse 22. The apostles received the Spirit on Pentecost when he was poured out with miraculous signs by the risen and ascended Christ, Acts 2, verse 1 and following. And the apostles and others received the Spirit again in response to their prayer, Acts 4, verse 31. The Spirit can always be received. Verse 17. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So, with the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was bestowed. Again, the Weimarische Biboverk glosses this with, that is, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were poured out upon them. And this, I would suggest, is very much in the spirit in which the church has retained the ceremony of confirmation. In it, those who have previously been baptized are presented before the congregation, They make their confession of the faith, and then the pastor lays his hands upon each person being confirmed, praying, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Holy Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. And then prayers are offered for them. Renew in them the gift of your Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, verse 19, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Chrysostom observes, This man should have asked to receive the Holy Spirit. But because this was of no concern to him, he asks, on the contrary, for the power to give it to others. That is so telling. Jesus, after all, had promised in Luke 11, verse 13, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But rather than asking for the good gift which the heavenly father is ready and willing to give to all who ask, instead, Simon asks for what he sees as flashier, the ability to impart the spirit to others. And we should note from this sad incident that the hideous practice of buying ecclesiastical office is given the name Simony from the same Simon, the magician. Peter is not amused by Simon's request, verse 20. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. I suppose we might paraphrase that To hell with you and your silver. God's gifts can't be bought. What are you thinking, man? Notice that Simon was asking to have the power of an apostle, and that simply was out of the question. He had not traveled with Jesus. He had never laid eyes on the risen one. Hence, verse 21, you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. This matter is the apostolic ministry. And Peter tells the man flat out that his heart is not right before God. His request shows as much. In this, he was not unlike Ananias and Sapphira, except that Simon is given time for repentance. Verse 22. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you, verse 23, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Even though Simon had believed and been baptized, he had grievously fallen. He was in the state of those whom Paul would later describe to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, verse 25, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. That's Simon's state. He'd been recaptured to do the will of the devil not long after he had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 24. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. He's terrified by the punishment that he's merited for his sin, but is he yet grieved by the sin itself? It's kind of hard to tell. And to this request of his, St. Luke does not give us a hint about anything Peter might have answered. Verse 25, Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So what started as merely Philip's mission ended up being embraced by Peter and John too as they headed down the road back to Jerusalem. Wherever they went, they continued to testify to the Lord Jesus and to proclaim the good news of his death and resurrection, and we may certainly assume to baptize all who heard them and welcome the message. That's where we're going to call our hiatus for today. Next up, one of my all-time favorites in the book of Acts, the mysterious encounter between Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. We'll only cover the first half though. Philip is instructed by an angel to head down to Gaza, a desert place. He heads off and what should he encounter but an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Queen Candace and he'd been up to Jerusalem to worship and was now headed home. He'd bought himself a brand spanking new copy of Isaiah. He's reading it out loud as he travels along. That's what people in the ancient world normally did. They read aloud. It was quite a shocker to St. Augustine when he observed St. Ambrose reading to himself. He even makes a note of it in his book, The Confessions. The spirit says to Philip to go over and join the chariot. So he trots alongside it and listens for a while and finally asks, Hey man, you understand what you're reading? The man asks how he could possibly understand it without someone to guide him. He stops the chariot and invites Philip to climb up. The passage they pondered together was from Isaiah 53. Till next time then, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to the Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.